When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show who would never throw you under the bus like Mon Mothma does to Perrin, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I have a strict no involvement in a riot policy, but I would break it if someone attacked B2 Hema. That is 100% true. I, I was right there I'd with you. I'd fight. I would be punching. I'd brasso him. <laughs> I would be right there with you. So. Ad budding and everything. <laughs> uh, if you've been listening to podcasts since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the season finale of Andor titled Rick's Road on Disney+. Plus. If you are new or a regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a 3 5 10 or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show if you can't be a patron you can help the show though by writing us on spotify and apple podcast leave us a five-star rating and if you have time write us a review while you're there if you would like to interact with the show though you can send us an email to our brand new email account which is main attraction pod at gmail.com so if you have any questions any comments any input that you'd like to send to us uh just go over go to your email and send us an email at main attraction pod at gmail.com all right, so it is the season finale of Andor. Uh, obviously, it's been an epic season. 12 episodes, 10 weeks if you can uh, total when you put all three episodes into the first week that they did like they did. Uh, what are your general thoughts about this one in the season overall? Best show of 2022. Yeah, it's it's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, The more I, um, I'm thinking about it, it's probably going to be hands down. I, don't, I mean, but it's... Just an incredible season. I've been telling everyone I know. I've been actually saying, watch this and, yes, Chris, and the Christmas story story. That was the other one I keep telling people to watch. But I was like, you don't have to like Star Wars. No, you don't. It is. It doesn't even involve Star Wars. Right. It doesn't. I mean, it yeah. does, but I mean, it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You don't have to. Because I had a friend who's like, man, I got to get in the right mindset for Star Wars. Like, no, no, not don't, you don't. no, no, no. You don't have to think about the Jedi or anything. This is this is a spy show. This is, you know, th- this is a fight. This is a fight against fascists. Yes. It's 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 just an incredible and incredible performances. I'm I'm just so excited to see what they do in season two. And I'm hoping that we get more stories like this in Star Wars because this has been so well received right. that they have to realize okay, we can we can take more risk like this. Yeah, I hope so too, and I hope that you know, there's been a lot of talk about just how the ratings and how many people are actually watching it and how it's been low. But there needs to be a show in Star Wars that 
they don't really that they say okay we're just gonna worry about the adults watching this because right. look, i mean obviously adults watch star wars there's no question about that but you know i mean with even with mandalorian i mean uh I mean, Grogu sells millions upon millions of toys of Grogu. I mean, right, I mean right. my daughter yeah. has like 15 versions of Grogu sitting in her yeah. in her uh, in her bedroom, and she doesn't even like Star Wars, but she loves Grogu. Uh, and she would yeah. kill me if I called him Grogu because she she hates that name. Uh, she still calls him Baby Yoda. But that, of course, but that's the the issue. I mean, like I said, there needs to be stuff that's like you know what we're just going to have a serious story that's going to. Uh, really be aimed at the adult viewers of Star Wars because they've been the ones who've been carrying us since they were children they're of themselves. You know, we were both children when Star Wars originally came out. Yeah. I wasn't even born when the first one came out. Yeah. Uh, but that's what they need to do. And they need to give that to us and they need to find a way to get people who aren't into Star Wars. Every time May 4th comes around, I always see people say, I've never watched a single Star Wars in my entire life. And they wear like some badge of honor. Oh, no. uh, oh. But this is a show that you don't, it's like you said, you don't have to be able to watch Star Wars to enjoy this show. You don't have to know anything about Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. This is just about people rebelling against fascism and uh, against right. the uh, dict- dictatorial uh Regime. I mean, that's what this is all about, and about how people come together, and about how people how a rebellion starts, about how uh, an empire abuses its power. That's what this show is all about. It doesn't. I yeah. mean, they, do, they yeah they throw stuff in there. Obviously, we get the the stinger credit scene with the Death Star being built. Uh, there are some references. Spoiler. If you <laughs> that's right. If you haven't seen it, so. Yeah. But they did a uh, terrible job uh, of uh, like you wouldn't have thought that was going to be there. Well, I can, we'll talk about that when we get to that in just a little bit. But I, also, uh, humble brag by you that throwing out that you weren't born when the first movie. <laughs> know what dang well I was. I see what you're up to. <laughs> That's true. Who thought about that? Uh, yeah, it came out in '77, right? Yes, I was born. I know yeah, what right, you're you were. Again. Okay, yeah, you were you were born. How old were you when the first one came out? I was one. You were one. Okay, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't quite there yet. So, uh, but like I said, so, uh, but. There needs to be more like this for people yeah. like you and me is what it needs to be. Right, so. right, right. Uh, well, this would this could get more people. I, I, honestly, this would get more people watching something than Bubba Fett or oh, yeah. or, or even uh, uh, the last thing we just did. Uh, oh, man. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. I couldn't think of what if it was called yeah. Obi-Wan or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, just look, it's really good. It's this episode. Uh, let's just kind of talk about this. Real quick. What's your favorite episode of this season? There's 12 episodes to pick from. Man, I wish I had thought about this beforehand. It could be this one. Um, I would say the best ones that for me have been this one. The when they broke out of jail and the heist. Yeah, was, I thought. For me, it's ten. It's that's the that's the jailbreak episode. That's like yeah. it is. It is clearly my favorite episode. Uh, I like this one a lot. Don't get me wrong. I like this yeah. one a lot too. I liked them all a lot. But ten yeah. to me, honestly, it kind of felt like ten was like the true finale, and eleven and twelve were more like the bridge to get us to season Ooh, two. Man. See, I disagree. This Did is you? the finale because we're going back to where it all started. Well, yeah, I see that. Because yeah, this that. is where, and then you know. Uh, Marva had to die and had to, and I like how they, they go back to all these people. We saw in episode one and two that we right. haven't seen again. We saw that little kid cause mm-hmm. his dad died. Cause his dad died. And then mm-hmm. he, 
And then he ends up being a huge part of this episode. Yeah, he does. Like, and, and, then and then, like, you know, Brazo has such a huge part. And then uh, what was the other friend who, rest in peace, uh, the guy who he called. Oh, uh, I know you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. He's a weird name. Yeah. But anyway, that they guy all have has weird a huge part. <laughs> yeah, that's weird true. names. But he, he, has, he has a huge part. So yeah, I does. like how they really brought it back to the first episode and really showed, like, Andor had to get back to his roots. Yeah, he did. To get back to where it all started. And this is what turned him to where, like, I'm fully on board now. Yeah. I mean, he is, and this and this is what this entire season has been about. It's about getting him yeah. fully activated. I mean, it takes a lot for him to get there. I mean, he's not even completely on board after episode three. Uh, he's still not even completely on board after episode six, after the uh, after the heist. Uh, even yeah. when he breaks out of prison, he's mostly there, but it takes... It basically takes seeing that speech from Marva, who uh, shout to Fiona Shaw. We get one more. Oh. We get one more scene from her uh, before yeah, we. Why did we question Tony Gilroy of like when he killed? Was she dead? Or why would you end it like that? Of course he had something up yeah, his sleeve. He had something else and going. Boy, did he deliver! And Fiona Shaw, man, that speech, man, it. Uh, wow. Uh, it had my heart pounding, and that's one of the that's one only one of the legacies of this show is just the incredible speeches that have been in this show. Thinking into this one, uh, thinking back to Luthen's at the end of episode ten, uh, yeah. Kino's at, in the yeah. middle of episode ten. Uh, oh, I would go. I would go back to uh, Evan Boss. Baccarat had a couple. Yeah, he had a couple in there. And then uh, uh, Alex Lothar. Yeah, Luthen had another good one. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård had another one in episode three. Yeah. Uh, you got one from Diego Luna in episode three yeah. as well. So, I mean, there's just, like I said, the number of like monologues and speeches that are in this that are just absolutely uh, incredibly powerful, incredibly impactful are just numerous in this show. And uh, the uh, the friend's name is Zarwin. Okay. Z- Zanwin. Zanwin. Okay. And I like during the speech that you know uh marva's kind of high up mm-hmm. and when it was getting towards the end when she was really getting into it him and brazo both look up and you can just see that they have this fight in their eyes right. they are ready to go oh yeah you can see that uh you can see that very clearly in their eyes when they're doing this my, my favorite part of this entire series though comes in this episode it's not even her speech the, my favorite I know part what it is i'm sure you i'm guessing you probably do <laughs> as they're marching because they have like two sets of people that are marching towards the where they're the funeral is going to take place or whatever i'm not really exactly sure uh how but it's basically like two different processionals they got the bands playing it's very somber they're playing i guess what would be considered a dirge on uh, the by this band uh as a very slow processional yeah then it gets quiet then all of a sudden the music starts getting it's a much more it's a much faster pace there's a much faster pace in their walk and like all of a sudden like I just sat up. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, something's about yeah. to happen. I, I don't know. You have to give a ton of credit to, I don't remember who directed this episode, but you've got to give a ton of credit to them. you got to give a ton of credit to Tony Gilmore for writing it, for the music people who who composed this. Benjamin Karen is the director. Give him a ton of credit because that's something that's written and when you see that on a page, you've got to make some type of a directorial, you know, I'm sure Tony Gilroy is also there, you know, kind of like telling yeah. him his vision for what he had when he wrote that. But to basically just have all this sudden, just it's one of the greatest mood changes that I've ever seen in a show because I was just immediately I, just sat up. 
I agree because it was kind of like it started out like, hey, we're just going to go ahead and start because yeah. we don't want you know we want to get them off board. And then, like you said, when it stops and then it really kicks in, you're like, oh, this is this is real. Something's right. big is going to happen, which we knew, but still, yeah. it felt even more. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, you got to sell that. And that's what that did. It really sold. I was actually joking. I thought your favorite scene was going to be when Cyril Karn and and <laughs> Dead <Dentra. laughs> Tremiro had. Uh, I don't. The, the, I thought they were about to make out. I, I did too. Kill each other. I don't know what all was happening there, but there was something. Well, let's talk about them real quick. So Cyril, because uh, Cyril shows up with his uh, second in command. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, what was his name? Uh, let me find him real quick. And of course, I can't find him. Uh, I can't find him. I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, I thought I have been just Uh, Sergeant uh, Musk. Thank you, Sergeant Musk. Musk. Uh, I haven't understood. You know, Cyril has been like this, just this mysterious character throughout the course of the entire the entire series. He can still continues to be a mysterious character that I can't figure out. That just completely intrigues me because. And I want to give a lot of credit to Tony Gilroy. I want to give a lot of credit to Kyle Solar because a character that you don't really know what they're doing with, that could be a detriment to a show. But he just, because you don't understand what they're doing, because you, they haven't really revealed that at this point. I mean, they obviously, right. he's got, he. it feels like at this point, and I've tried to figure it out all throughout the course of this entire thing. I'll probably still be wrong again. But it feels like now that that Dedra is going to like owe him something and she's going to have to give him a bigger role in all this because she saved, he saved her life, but he is just so mysterious and weird and creepy. And yes. uh, And like I said, I mean, he's so many different things and you just want to know what you're there doing with him. And they kind of give you some hints, but it really feels like now that he is going to be a more active part of this because the fact that he ends up uh, saving Dedra and let's talk about her for a second. Dedra is, this is one of the great things I I like about this episode because you get Dedra you get a, a juxtaposition between Dedra and between Stellan and, and uh, Stellan and Stellan, between Luthen, who's played by Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, they're both kind of like taking this in. Obviously, Dedra's, they're both looking for Cassian for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Dedra wants Cassian because she wants to question him. Luthen wants Cassian because he wants to kill him so that they can't question him. And they're all kind of taking this in and they're all getting, they're processing the exact same scene in two very completely different ways because Dedra is now, I mean, she has, she's known about rebellious activities. That's when kind of like her whole thing. She's trying to squash rebellious activities and she has known about them. She has known that they exist, but she's now seeing it firsthand and she is good as she is as an ISB, like, command giver and person who like gives orders and things like that she is not made for a fight i mean that is that's no, pretty clear no. but yeah i was gonna say oh go ahead about luthan i want to i want to add to whatever you're gonna say well luthan is now starting to see because this is just kind of like for dedra dedra it is like reinforcing i have this is i have to get rid of all this this is what happens when we yeah. allow the we allow rebellious activity to take place i have to squash all of this but luthan on the other hand you know, it's all just been thoughts and theories and things that we're trying to do. And now he is seeing everything that he has been working towards, everything that he has done, it is now coming to fruition. And where he is seeing what actually happens. And it's a mixed reaction to him. It's 
one of joy that these people are starting to rise up and fight, but it's also one of a little bit of dread because people are dying in front of him because of the things that he's done. I thought the same thing. He he definitely had multiple looks on his face. Like you said, he was like, this is what I've been wanting. I knew this could happen. But like you said, when people were getting killed, he had a look like, oh, God, what have I done to these poor people? Right. So he doesn't really he doesn't really know how to handle yeah. it. I mean, because it's one of yeah. these things to you know talk about rebellion, talk about the cost of rebellion. But it's another thing when you actually have to sit there and witness it for yourself. So like I said, I like the juxtaposition that they have going on between these two characters. Uh, I loved everything about that. I love uh, – let's go ahead and t- uh, talk about Cassian, and then I want to swing back to, mm-hmm. to Mon Mothma. Cassian, what's so great about Cassian in this entire series is, you know, you kind of think that he's going to be like the central figure of all the rebellious activities, and he's not really. I mean, the first three episodes, he's just the guy of the thing that, uh, and Stellan is trying to find out just just what this guy is and who he is. Uh, He's obviously a pivotal person in the heist, but he's not the leader of it. He's not the person who is, but he is kind of the glue holding everybody together in that thing. Uh, Yeah. You know, in the prison, it's Kino who is kind of the guy who's the most important, and Cassian understands that, and he knows he's got to be the one to get Kino to be what he needs to be. And here in back on Ferrix at this at the very end, again, he is not the most important person in terms of what's taking place out on the streets. That's really Marva more than anything else. His mother, who is giving yeah. a speech from the grave, but. You got Cassian who is tr- just trying to like take on this garrison. Uh, you got that's another thing that Luthen is noticing. He's trying to find out, find out what exactly uh, Luthen is capable, uh, what Cassian is capable of while he's doing all this, and he's just kind of uniting people where he needs to. Uh, and like I said, obviously everything revolves around what happens to Cassian, but he is not the most pivotal part to any of the rebellious activities. That will obviously change, I think, in the second season. But it's just yeah. showing how he is be going to become this central, pivotal force for the rebellion, even though we don't see it now. Right. and But, like, it was so crazy to think that all these people, like, a, a lot of them came to, to Ferrix to find him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, all these different people. Also, like, during this episode, all the the main people almost run in each other yeah, run they into each other constantly especially constantly. in the fight mm-hmm. luthan and uh cyril walk right by each they other did. in mm-hmm. fact luthan kind of like like oh let me be careful deidre walks by like everybody they'll uh sent i mean like so it was just crazy how close uh cassian was close to uh, somebody at one point i'm trying to remember it may have been deidre but like they were all very close to each other and all of it could have come to a bigger uh bigger issue had like somebody looked and saw the other person well that's kind of one of the things i also like about this is they're setting up that you know most of these people haven't interacted with each other so they don't know i mean Dedra still she still doesn't know who luthan is i mean that's one of the things that they talk about in this episode is because when they finally uh, when uh, Krieger and his crew end up going after that ship that they purposely that and they basically go into that trap that was originally set up for them, and they're all dead. They all end up getting killed. Uh, Dedra is mad as she can be because they don't take yeah. anybody alive. Uh, she's starting to. Look, I think this is going to be kind of her downfall in the second season. She is mm-hmm. getting a little bit too big for her britches. Uh, yes, yeah, she is. I- you you said something last week, and I think it's going to end up. I think her and Cyril are Cyril are cereal. I can't believe it. <laughs> Cyril are going to be the cause 
of the issues of of Rogue One happening. Right. I think they're going to be the downfall. They're they're going to they're going to be, and it could be her arrogance how she's sick of the 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 rest of the Imperial people. Yeah, I mean, because it takes uh, Partigas basically at one point telling her, yeah. No, you don't. This is not. This is just information. I'm not looking for your opinion. I'm not looking for anything. Yeah. This is just the way it is, and you need to understand that is basically what he tells her. Because she's like, man, she's like, we can't do anything with a dead body. I should have been there to question. And he's like, no, you need to just back off at this point. Is what Parker basically tells her. Uh, and you could tell the rest of because uh, Blevins is back. Yeah, Blevins of course is back. He, mm-hmm. Of course, he was the one spying on Mon. Uh, but like. Uh, you could tell all of them were like, God, this freaking woman, she's yeah. annoying. Yeah, you can you can definitely tell that. Uh, but like I said, just so many, it's just so many wonderful moments in uh, this. Now let's talk about Mon Mothma real quick. I don't want to forget her. I'm yeah. afraid we're going to forget her. So yeah. she doesn't have a whole lot to do in this one, but she they have a couple it of does important a lot. things. Yeah, it does a lot. Uh, she is with her driver. They pull up to. Uh, uh, party that Perrin is apparently at and you can tell she's struggling with what she's about to do. We don't know what it is that she's going to do but we can tell that she is struggling with it because she has to take off. She's got this thing that's kind of covering her neck and she's just she's struggling with it so much she's having a hard time breathing so she ends up taking that part of her, her dress or her jacket off or whatever to allow her to breathe a little bit better but when Perrin gets in the car uh, she immediately starts accusing him of gambling and she tells her driver, we want some privacy, as they say in Britain. Uh, but, uh, and she knows she's not getting the privacy as that you yeah, like. She's, yeah. she knows it's not, there's not going to be any privacy between the two of them. She knows that the driver's going to listen and she immediately starts throwing Perrin under the bus. I've, I've heard a lot of people say they don't really understand what gaslighting is. This is gaslighting textbook. Yeah, yeah, okay. Gaslighting is when somebody is when the guilty party who has done something wrong starts basically accusing another person of doing the thing that they've done. That's what she's doing to Baron. You're right, and especially since, and I don't like to believe him very often. I don't believe he's been gambling. I don't believe he has either. I don't believe for a minute that he's been gambling. But she's got to come up with some type of excuse for why all these funds are leaving her. Or leaving her account, and you think this is the reason why Dabo or whatever his name is, I think it's Dabo, uh, why Dabo is is there is to kind of be able to explain this away and to have some type of a reason to explain this away. But this is what this little reaction does because you can tell, you can see that the drivers they're listening to every single thing that they are saying. She's accusing him harshly of gambling again. Yeah. We get a little Canto bite uh, uh, drop here as well to say, "Hey, remember that little place uh, that we talked about in uh, Last Jedi?" Uh, but she is like going after him hard, and he's like, I- "I'm not gambling. I'm not doing anything. Where would I get the money?" And that's you know, she's like, right. and she's like, "That's what I want to know as well. Where would you get the money?" Yeah. Uh, well, all, all college football fans are not surprised. The the one of the villains' name is Dabo. <laughs> exactly, Dabo. That's true. You make a good point because Dabo's when he is is awful. Uh, Quite a villain. Yes, he is. Uh, but you know, like I said, good. And then when we, I mean that's just what they're they're laying out is that she is just coming up with the reason. So you're like yeah. so apparently then she's not going to marry off her daughter to to his son. They still go through with that, and the reason why they're still going through that this it's obvious at this point that she is buying more into what she the cost that she has to pay for the rebellion. She is doing this. She one because I think her daughter kind of wants to. <laughs> I mean, oh, did you see her face? Yeah, her face was lit oh up. My. Yeah, and she's Leda, right? In the I think it's Leda. Is that's how you pronounce her name? Leda. Yeah. Oh my, she just has a smile, and it's also 
any of these shows and House of the Dragon was the same. These kids are so little. They are. They are so very little. And it's so gross. It is. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong about that. But there, she's still going through with this whole arranged marriage because she needs she needs collateral for the future at this point. So that's the reason why she's going ahead and going through with this. Because you can see like the differences in all their faces. Like. Lita is just is thrilled about it because she's this is the old ways. This is she's kind of like wanting to really get into that. She's she's very yeah. uh, religious for the most part about the old ways of their planning and all this type of stuff. Uh, Mon Mothma is it's basically like she can tell that she this is not something that she wants to do, but she knows that if she's going to fund the rebellion the way that she needs to, it's something that she's got to do. And then you got Perrin, who just seems to be kind of like. He's kind of like I'm lost in all this. I, I'm I'm right. completely powerless because my wife thinks I'm stealing, and uh, so like I said, lots of I, I liked all of the, the they were doing, but yeah, they're showing that it takes a lot of you know gray, morally questionable activities to do this rebellion. That's what they keep pounding upon, hounding upon in the series, and that they really do a good job of showing that it looks like Mon Mothma is truly buying into what she has to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, just so many excellent points throughout the course of the se- the season, the series, uh, through this finale. The finale, it's it's absolutely wonderful. Like I said, I, uh, number ten is still my favorite. I I will say, yeah. I will say that I love episode ten. I love this episode too, but ten is one of my favorite episodes of TV, television of all time. Well, let's talk about the ending. Yeah, so we get to the end, and uh, basically, Cassian gets Bix B two emo. Uh, Brasso and one of the daughters of Ferrix, they get on this ship and they are, I don't remember where they said they were going, but they're, they're making their escape. And Cassian says that he's, uh, he's going to find them uh, a great little touching moment between B2, B2 emo and oh, yeah. uh, Cassian. And he says, I'm counting. Cassian tells him I'm counting on you. And B2 emo says, you always say that. And Cassian says something like you always come through or something like that. Yes. He's exactly what he says. Uh, so great. And lines Bix Bix says he will find us. Yes, he will. She says he will find us. And you don't really know where they're going with it from there because Cassian is basically he knows where uh, Luthen has parked. Uh, I guess Luthen has his favorite parking spot on, on uh. Ferrix. Uh, <laughs> so he goes to where, where Ferrix has his, uh, to where Luthen has his ship. And Luthen starts barking out commands to his droid that kind of runs his ship. And the droid's not responding. And he immediately knows something is up. And when he turns around, when he's walking through and he turns around from the cockpit, he sees Cassian there. And I didn't really know what they were going to do. I didn't know if like Cassian was about to kill Luthen. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, is that what we're doing?" But no, it's not. Which is kind of great about this show. Luthen is—he's done at this point. He's—he's he's like, he's lost his mother. He's uh, his sister, who the show started out with him trying to find. He's—I guess he's come to the realization that she's dead uh, yeah. since Marva told him that. Uh, he has lost so much uh, his home his home planet where he's kind of grown up for the most part ever since he left Canari. Uh, they it's you know overrun by Empire. It's not safe for him to be there. All of his friends have left, and he basically tells he asks uh, Luthen. He says, "You came here to kill me, didn't you?" And Luthen says, "Well, you made it really difficult." And he's like, "I'm making it easy now. So kill me now." And Luthen looks at the the blaster that's on the uh, next to him. And you can tell he's kind of weighing it, but he doesn't really want to do it. And he says, either kill me or bring me in. And Luthen kind of laughs. And this is where you can tell that he's like, all right, I'll yeah. bring you in. <laughs> so uh, Luthen had a smile on his face like, oh, because he, you know, from the get-go, he wanted Andor. He, yeah, he knew did. Andor was special. Right. And now he has 
fully committed. Yeah, that's what he's been waiting on. He's waiting on him to fully commit. He wanted him to do it originally when this thing first thing whole started, uh, because when, until he's really fully fully ready to commit, he's a liability because he knows so much. But once he's fully committed, you can use him the way that he wants to. Now he's got he's kind of got this great little weapon that he's been hoping for throughout the course of the entire season. So uh, just great performances all around. I love this show. I love this season. It was yeah. fantastic. So Yeah, it was. One more thing I just want to mention before we get to the awards. The Vel and Senta. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I, I, I Vel, which we know... They come from different places. Vel's a rich girl who just right. got thrown into this because she knows she's in, she doesn't like fascism. She knew she needed to do something. Right. But like her and Senta are in such different places. I just worry about something bad happened to Vel very early in season yeah. two because she's not read. She's not made for this. Yeah, you're correct. Well, I mean, I don't know that she's not made for it. I think she's become more made of for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's gone through a lot to get to this point. She has. So, uh, I have a little more faith that she's better made for it than I would have at when we first are introduced sure. to her, uh, back in episode four. I think, I think that's very much the case. Uh, but, what I, like one thing I thought was really interesting about the, when we got to the end of this this season, I mean Marva dies. Uh, we lost a yeah. couple of characters along the way. I'm assuming that we lost Kino. I mean, uh, I, I feel like yeah. that seems like pretty obvious. And we lost the people at, but the main like core people, we didn't really lose anybody outside of Marva no. in this. I thought that no. was really surprising. I thought there'd be more people that to would, die in this I, one. I, I'm with you. I thought too. We we were really worried about uh, Stellan. Yeah, about Luthen. I really thought he would be dead by the time this thing was this first season was yep. over. So, yeah. All right, shall we do our season awards then? Let's do it, man. All right, here on and the, this was a hard one. Yeah, it was. It was a hard one. Uh, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, at the end of a season of a show, we give out six awards. Up first, they are all based on the six characters of Friends. Up first is the Rachel, which is the person who was the star, the person who shined the most in this thing. So, who are you going with? I, I'm going with Diego Luna. Yeah, I mean, I mean this thing doesn't get made if Tony Gilroy doesn't think he can, you know, man this show. Yeah, and what I like about Diego Luna's performance is this show is about him getting activated. So he doesn't necessarily have all the best moments in this sh- in this show. Yeah. Like lots of times that goes to Stellan, lots of times that goes to right. uh, Kino, that goes to Marva. But it takes him, you know, kind of like pulling everything together for everything else mm-hmm. in the show to happen. That's what makes this show so great. So, but when when he has to, he can use his acting skills, right. his mm-hmm. charm, mm-hmm. his charisma, and he does multiple times. Yes, he does. He's, he's a fantastic actor yes he is next is the joey a character that isn't necessarily the star but a character you just enjoyed watching uh, throughout the course of the season who is your joey so i did co on this one okay and i went through the p I, I went through the people that were more known names but when you saw them you were excited that you saw them mm-hmm. and they brought so much even though they may not have only been in a very few episodes they brought brought so much and really made this show the spectacular thing it is, and that's Stellan Skarsgård, Fiona Shaw, Eben Moss Bacharach, Forrest Whitaker, and Andy Serkis. Yeah, I'm with Stellan like Skarsgård. Yeah, I, but the others, just like the few episodes they were on, because most of, like, Eben Moss was on episodes that really Stellan wasn't, Andy right. Serkis kind of too. So, but like, you really needed these more known people, because like, 
you were excited. Like when I saw Fiona Shaw, I was like, right. oh man, I love Fiona Shaw. We both were going on and on about Cousin Richie, and right. then we can't even describe when you see Forrest Whitaker and Andy Serkis. So right. I, I just thought like having those, and I hope we're going to see more people like this. Renee Russo, she's a family <laughs> member. You know, I, I think that would be a very good addition to season two. And not to mention Stellan's back. Yeah, Stellan, Stellan will be back. I'll be interested in what they do with him in season two. And he was my uh, Joey for yeah. this one. Uh, next is The Chandler, the person who made Jalathmos. This one was a hard one. <laughs> no, it actually wasn't was if it? you really thought it. It's Catherine Hunter as Edie Card. Oh yeah, true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I actually go with going with uh, Dave Chapman as B two Emo because he made me laugh uh, yeah. a few times on this. Uh, but you're right. I didn't even think about uh, about her. So you're, that's good. That's a good catch by you. So uh, next is the Phoebe, the character that is just kind of the oddball of the group. Who'd you go with for your Phoebe? I mean, this has got to be Kyle Solar. It is. It's Kyle Solar serial. That's exactly who I went to. <laughs> he, he, this is one of the easiest ones for me. It's like, yeah, oh, I know yeah. who my Phoebe is. <laughs> Uh, next is the Monica a character who's just important to the story. Uh, so who is your Monica for this show? I went with Coz on here. Cause I think these two were as important to the story as anyone. And that's Mon Mothma, mm-hmm. Gene- uh, Genevieve O'Reilly and Deidre Morrow, Denise Gal. I thought both of them, they brought so much. They weren't the main characters, but their storylines brought this whole story going, moving, moving forward. Yeah, I went with Genevieve O'Reilly's Mon Mothma. Uh, just she's obviously plays an important part, and she'll obviously play an important part as this goes on yeah. because she shows up later on in Star Wars. So, all right, last but not least is the Ross character you like the least, not necessarily because it was a bad performance, but it could have been because it was just a character you're supposed to not like, which is going to be the case for this one. So, who is your Ross? I have a feeling who you're going with, but I'm going with two actual horrible human beings they're villains and i'm just going to go back to what i like to say these two suck <laughs> and that is alistair mckenzie as perrin yeah and bronte carmichael as leda mon was family members horrible horrible human beings yeah they the were real awful. villains of the show i thought about going with them I, I did think about going with them i ended up going with uh denise gall or gopher i don't know exactly uh, pronounce yeah. her name is dedramiro look she was a sympathetic character like through like the first half she of the show but once she kind of got her power man was Ooh. she easy to hate so uh good for her so all yeah, right and i don't think we're getting the uh the cyril Karn, uh uh uh, face uh, turn. No, in I don't think show. we are either. I don't think we're getting that at all. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm almost to the point where I'm like done trying to figure out. I'll just let them surprise me as we go along the way because I, I'll yeah. never be able to figure out what they're going to do with him until it's over. All right. So here on the game uh, main attraction podcast, we have a rating system. So this will be our final rating for the first season of Andor. At the top of our list is Game of Thrones. Bottom of our list is I'm sorry. Second on our list is Lost. Middle of the road for us is Friends. Uh, fourth on our list is full house at the bottom of the barrel is a baywatch where are you going to rate this first season of andor i mean i said it was the best show of 2022 yeah. so it's got to be a game of thrones right it absolutely has to be a game of thrones it 100 does so it, yeah. it, it yeah. it's just so amazing and incredible uh yeah. I, it's I, i'm trying to like step away from it a little bit we'll obviously do a best of 2021 or 2022 show yeah. uh here in the next month or so uh but it's it's going to be in the discussion for my best show too so yeah uh, it's just absolutely yeah. fantastic 
All right, so this wraps us up for the first thing. I hate to see Andor go. Uh, the only thing I'm kind of know, happy about man. is doing three podcasts a week is kind of tough. So uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be I'm not going to miss it from that regards. But uh, here, since we are doing a third one, uh, this will be the last third one time we do a third one for a while. Uh, we like to just do kind of something extra. Something that's going to affect Andor season two is the fact that we now have a new person who is an old person taking over the reins of the Walt Disney Corporation. Bob Iger is replacing Bob Chapek, who replaced Bob Iger <laughs> a few years ago yeah. uh, as the CEO of Disney. And you say, why, is this, why do I care about this? Why are you guys talking about this? Why should I care about it? Well, if you like Marvel, if you like Star Wars, if you have children that like Disney stuff, Bob Iger. If you like going to the park. If you like going to the parks, that's another thing. Uh, Bob Iger will now have a great say-so in all this type of stuff. And just to kind of give you an idea, like I said, Bob Iger was in charge of this before Bob Chapek took over back in uh, February 2020. Uh and he'd been the, he'd been the CEO for for years and years and years, and then he yeah. uh, handed the reins over to Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek, look, they have two very different uh, reputations. There's even uh, Bob Chapek has a nickname. I mean, his nickname is Bean Counter Bob. He is very much a financial person. <laughs> he is very much a uh, numbers. Let's make this as cost efficient as possible. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the period that Marvel, that the MCU has gone through and has received the most criticism has been when Bob Chapek has been at the helms of Disney. I know Kevin Feige is obviously over, is in charge of Marvel, but in terms of like how much budget and stuff those people get, Bob Chapek would have a big say-so on that. And Bob Iger has a reputation as being very talent-friendly. People love working with him. If you read yeah. articles about this change, people are excited to get Bob Iger back. Yeah, because Chapek was the one who got into it with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Mm -hmm. He did this. He got into it with her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think the biggest thing is he was the one who added all these fees and stuff to the park. He did. He added a that bunch of fees. Just killed people going to disney mm -hmm. i mean it's already one of the most expensive things you can do right, is take a trip right. to disney and he made it far more expensive to go to yeah. disney by adding fees to the uh, park hopper passes to the yeah. like the line jumping thing i can't remember what it's called uh it's been a while since i've been fast there. pass fast pass thank you uh i think he's added like fees to the parking and all this type of stuff it, it's like i said this is what he does he, he's trying to just he wants to just make money it's a bean counter yeah and bob Iger, he wants to make money too don't get me wrong right. but he wants to make sure that the product is at its best quality so he'll probably spend more and do more in terms of that like bob I, bob chapek he also got deemed really bad from the people in his company because when uh, i had to talk politics here but in florida which is where disney is stationed and where it's headquartered uh when the don't say gay bill which is just the way it's been uh named when it came out bob Iger, uh not bob Iger, bob chapek didn't really want to say anything because he didn't want to like uh, cause waves and cause issues in the state of Florida. And when Pixar and when all these other people came out and were like really saying, Hey, we got to do something about this. He was, he took a lot of blowback from it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. lots of, like I said, really interesting stuff there. I'll be interested to see how, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm excited to have Bob Iger back. I really am. I really am. Yeah, I am too. Especially since the Marvel stuff's gone down a little bit. I don't know how much JPEG really had to blame no, on but that. Uh, like I said, I, I can see the fact that it looks a little cheaper than it did. I'll say that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be good to have him back. I think it's supposedly it's only for a couple of years, so he can find someone again to yeah. run things. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I think it'll be good. I think it, it, there's Bob Iger. 
is just an icon. He really has done more for Disney than anyone. Yeah, he has. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's Since the one Disney himself. Marvel I mean, really. <laughs> Pixel. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Bob Iger has a very good memoir. I actually read it a couple of years I ago. Heard it's it's, good. it's mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. So I would recommend it. But yeah, I, I don't see a downsize. He just needs to make sure he has a very good. Uh, he needs to work on developing talent and developing yeah, a uh, recession. I mean, not a recession, a. Uh, where you have people following you. Uh, oh, uh, predecessor. Pre- no, yeah, no right. he's the predecessor. Uh, uh, protege. He needs a protege. Yes, he needs some proteges. Yes. So, yeah, I would agree with you on that as well. So, uh, like I said, I'm I'm happy to have him back. I really am. I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of Bob JPEX, and most people weren't. So, no. All right, I guess that wraps us up for for Andor. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else you loved want to share? it? Yes, loved it. Absolutely uh, loved it. Appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I would echo those same sentiments, and as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.